Hey, it's Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of Godly Goosebumps, where you hear stories you just almost can't believe they're true. They, they give you goosebumps listening to them, and then it dawns on you that God was the one who orchestrated this story, or God was the one who changed someone's life for all of eternity. And today we have one of those stories, and I want to encourage you, if you've not yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button, but make sure you share this story with as many people as you possibly can. One afternoon, uh, I was greeting visitors outside the front entrance of our church campus over in West Los Angeles, and I spotted eight division world champion boxer Manny Pacquiao, the Pac-Man. And as I looked, I almost couldn't believe it, but it was like the eye of a hurricane standing calmly in the center of a throng of at least 100 people. Whenever he moved, they moved. And Manny made his way over to me and said, hello. And everybody gathered around, and we shook hands, and I thanked him for coming. Uh, I want to show you a little clip right now that tells you a little bit about his life, uh, and then we're going to get on to the rest of this story. So let's watch this little video clip quickly. Every time he fights, the entire country is in a standstill. You can see anybody on the street. Everybody's in their homes watching and waiting for the fight of Manny Pacquiao. Zero crime in the entire country. The rebels, the secessionists, ceasefire. <laughs> Everybody says ceasefire. That's how it is when money fights. It's bigger than boxing. It's bigger than being a prize fighter. His journey now is about fighting and winning for a people. Every time he goes out there, he's winning for them. Huge burden, but he accepts it. Most of these people here, they were so ashamed of who we were as a race. Manny Pacquiao helped us to reclaim our true identity. Okay, so that's that's Manny Pacquiao. And 
after church, Sunday morning, he comes over to me. I've never met him before. And we're talking, and I simply said to him, Manny, if there's anything I can ever do for you or anything that you need, let me know, I told him. And he responded. He said, I'd love to have you come speak at chapel at my house. And I soon learned that Manny, who's from the Philippines, he trains uh, down at the Freddie Roach Gym, which is in Hollywood, whenever he's in town, and he, st he has a house nearby that gym. And if you've ever watched any of his fights, uh, they always show his mom is sitting there ringside uh, during his fights. And his mama, his mama, Manny's mama, that woman, his mom, her sister, which would be Manny's aunt, goes to our campus, and, and the aunt was the one that invited him to church. And now whenever he, he's in Los Angeles or he's training for one of his fights, he's not, he's not fighting uh, recently, uh, he's in, he's in semi-retirement, but whenever he was here training for a fight at Freddie Roach's gym, he would come to our church. And so he invited me to come speak and do chapel at his house. And I, I, of course, said yes. So I go over to his home here in Southern California. I'm a little bit nervous. And at the time, I didn't know Manny very well. Uh, so when I arrived at his house, there was this large entryway in a living room uh, that was just teeming with people. It was standing room only, no place to sit. And I didn't know anyone. I, I knew him. Uh, I felt like everyone was staring at me because I'm the only six foot five non-Filipino in the house. Uh, but to my relief, the tension quickly shifted to Manny as he entered the room. He walked right through this crowd and he goes to the front of this room. He smiled and he motioned to me to follow. So I followed him and went up front uh, where he stood and he picked up a microphone. I'll never forget this. And so let's say this is the room. He picks up a microphone and he turns his back to the audience, and he faces the wall. He's, just, he's right up here against the wall, look, looking this way, back to the audience, picks up this microphone inside his house. He's got speakers set up, and he begins singing in a soft voice. He starts, he starts singing worship songs just by himself, and the crowd hushed. He literally is worshiping God. And about that time, Manny reached the chorus of the song, and, and, and then there was a worship team, and everyone else joined in and singing, and all of a sudden, I'm in this house, everybody's singing. The entire scene was humbling. He was so gentle. It was so spiritual. It was very moving to see this man walk among his peers in a completely unpretentious manner and just simply worship Almighty God. A afterwards, Manny went back and there, there were chairs at where we were doing the worship part. And uh, we sat down, and the praise team continued with a couple more songs. And then Manny stood up and introduced me as the pastor of his church and told everyone that he had asked me to speak. And so I got up, and I shared the gospel message for about 30 minutes. And then we went to another room to eat. There was only one table with about six chairs. There's 100 people in this room, in, in this house. But in the kitchen, there was only one table with six chairs, and Manny sat at the head of the table. I sat to his immediate right. A couple other people sat down. Everyone else was standing, talking with one another, and eating delicious, delicious Filipino food. 
And Manny and I talked as if we were the only two people in the room. And I said to him, I'll never forget this, how many of these people are your relatives? He looked around the room. He said, none of them. I said, well, Manny, there's your aunt. She's the only one I knew. There's your aunt. She's one of your relatives. And he looked and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the only one. I go, she's the only relative. She's the only relative. Well, who, who are all these other people? He goes, these are just people. They're all welcome uh, to come here. Uh, I invite everybody. Anybody's welcome. And uh, he was feeding them. He fed them. So he has chapel every night, feeds whoever shows up. And I said, Manny, do you feed these people every night? He said, Pastor, do you ever read your, do you ever read your, your Bible? I go, yes. I'm smiling. I read my Bible. He said, Pastor, have you ever noticed that every time Jesus taught, always when Jesus taught, he always fed the people? I didn't really remember, recall that. But Manny said that, so after every chapel, we feed everybody. He said, once I, he told me this, he said, once I preached in the Philippines, he said, 34,000 people showed up. I fed every one of them afterwards. And then I said, well, how often do you have this chapel? And Manny must have felt like this was a game of 20 questions, but he goes, I have chapel every night. I go, every night? He goes, every night. I said, so you have all these people that are not your relatives show up at your house. They're all primarily Filipino, just word of mouth. And you have a Bible study, and you feed them every night? He said, every night. And this is when he's training. I said, don't you feel like you need to get some rest? Or don't you feel pressure because you've, I mean, you've got a big fight coming up? And he just said, I ask everyone to leave at 9 o'clock. And uh, I said, don't you need peace and quiet? And he goes, no, I feed on this. This is my life, serving Jesus and serving others. That's what he does. And uh, so Manny was getting ready at that time, I believe, to fight uh, Floyd Mayweather, which I think took place on May the 2nd, the year 2015. It was billed the fight of the century. But a couple of weeks before that much-anticipated fight, right before he fought, Manny allowed me to interview him at our church. So I invited him to church. Every seat in the theater was filled. Many people who were not believers came simply to see and hear from a boxing legend. Now, you can find this interview. It's on YouTube. You just type in Pastor Dudley, Manny Pacquiao interview, West Los Angeles. And in that interview, he talks about how he grew up in abject poverty and began boxing at a very young age to earn money just to help buy food for his mother and his siblings. I want you to watch part of that interview that we did at our church, and then I'll come back and make some closing comments. So watch this. This is just the first part of this interview with Manny Pacquiao. Hello. Morning. Look at all those cameras. <laughs> this, 
This might, this, this might be the largest gathering of Filipino people in the entire United States of America today. <laughs> How many Filipinos we have out there today? <laughs> so Manny, 100 million people in the Philippines. And uh, when you fight, they're all watching. How many, when you fight, are you fighting for them? Are you fighting for your family? Are you fighting for yourself? Are you fighting for God? Who, who are you fighting for? I'm fighting for um, the fans and the Filipino people. And also, of course, I'm fighting for, for God and to all the fans. Amen. Amen. I, I, you know, we've, uh, the story that I've heard and I've seen, it's in the movie, that you grew up in poverty and, uh, and, you know, God has elevated you. But when you go back, you know, in America, people think they're poor. I don't, I don't know if we have any poor people in America uh, because we're, we're so spoiled. But how would you explain to people in America how poor you were and, and what, what that life was like? I don't really know boxing, but because... Uh uh, nobody uh, are helping to my mother and our family to to buy food, to earn money, to buy food. Um, we we decided to uh, you know to put my name there in the list and fight, but I don't know what is boxing. Just because I I I, be, I know be, I know that if I going to put my my name there and fight, I have money to you know. I will make money even if I lost. So you started fighting just so you could have, so you could have some some money. Exactly. And how much would you get paid when you were just a boy? Just I was paid. Um, well, on that time I, I won the fight, so I get I, I was paid um, hundred pesos. So that was two dollars. <laughs> uh, uh, two dollars, and if you lose one one uh, fifty pesos, which yeah. is uh, one dollar, so. So you were motivated to win. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was blessed because I, I, I won the, the fight and then I got um, $2. So. <laughs> but later on, you know, I keep winning and keep winning. And then after that, uh, but still I don't know who's, who's the uh, fame in boxing, who's, what is boxing. But, you know, I'm happy because... I'm earning money to, to give to my mother to buy food because yeah. you know our life is uh, our life is uh, sometimes we eat sometimes not we don't have food um, I experienced this in our lives that uh, my my brother and my mother were in, together in in, in 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 one room one room like very small room uh, asking for food my brothers and, and I, I told them. My mother told them that what we're going to do, we don't have uh, money to buy food and we don't have food to cook. So just drink water to survive mm. tomorrow. And then, and then that's, um, you know, that's the time that I realized that I have to work, help my mother. And even in that age, I was 12 years old and, you know, I'm sealing donuts, sealing everything, uh, uh, flowers to earn money just to give to my mother to buy food. When you look back on those years, uh, when literally you were you were hungry, you were starving, and you you boxed just so you could have food, were those good times? Were those hard times? Sad times? Are they are they happy times for you? Oh, they all, you know on on that time we we think about you know where we go if if uh, we we don't have food where we're gonna you know, 
what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna eat? And then, uh, but my mother uh, taught us that you know, just believe in God. This, this my mother. You know, just believe in God, trust God, and don't do any bad things to your other to other people, or don't steal. Just uh, don't like that. That's my mother taught taught us. All right. Yeah. That's good. 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 We have, a, we have a picture of uh, the fight that's coming up on May 2nd, I believe. We have, a, we have this photograph. We have Floyd May Mayweather, who's 47 and 0. He's never lost, he's never lost a, a, a match. And you have fought 57, you've won 57 times. And that's a lot of fighting. <clears throat> have you, uh, have you, are you ever scared when you go in there? Are you ever scared? Have you ever been scared? No, I'm not scared. <laughs> well, how many of you are going to be praying for him when he walks in that ring? You'll be praying for him. When you, you know, before they start, before the match starts, they bring the two fighters out for the final instructions and they just stare at each other. Yeah, like this. Yeah, like this. Are you, are you like really mad because you guys look like you're getting ready to fight? Are you, or is that just all pretend? Before the fight, you know, touching gloves and like that. I'm staring um, at his eyes if um, <laughs> what's going to think. And my, 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 my thinking is, you know, let's, you know, this is it. This is it. This is it, yeah. <laughs> let's get the game started. Ring the bell, yeah. ring the bell. Uh, I'd like to have you explain to people just what a normal training day is like. What, what is a typical day? What time you wake up? When do you work out? What time do you go to bed? What is a normal training day when you're training? When I'm training, uh, I wake up 6 o'clock, sometimes 5 o'clock, and then uh, running uh, one hour. And then after that, uh, rest. And then training in the afternoon, like 1, uh, one o'clock to uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And that's a typical, you know. And it's pretty intense. Very intense, and, and that's Monday to Saturday. And most people couldn't do it? Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an incredible story. And again, I want to thank you for being here on Godly Goosebumps. This story is just getting started. And so I want to encourage you to come back. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow along. We have two more parts of this story. But uh, I just, this whole conversion story reminds me a little bit of Saul when he was trying to destroy Christians and God met him on the road to Damascus and completely turned his life around. I, I want to invite you to come back, wait for the next episode to drop, and we'll continue this story here on Godly Goosebumps. Hit that subscribe button, share this, and uh, go back and listen to it again, and stay tuned for part two. <laughs>